Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Money's not always your biggest problem. Staying stuck in a dream state quite possibly is. So let's get unstuck with our guest financial planner, Nicole Mayer. The difference between you and the person next to you is probably going to be you. They're going to dream it. You're going to actually do it. 
So I want you to stop dreaming. If you got a big 30,000 foot view of what you want everything to look like, um, start going because that's going to be the difference between you and the person that succeeds is the person that actually puts the car into drive. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. This week's episodes definitely have a theme, a theme of control the controllable and let go of the uncontrollable. And Nicole is an expert at navigating life's transitions. In fact, she even wrote a book on the entire subject. So she was in debt, she was pregnant in a dysfunctional relationship and had discovered a life-threatening tumor. I mean, (laughs) could it get any worse? But it was only when death was staring her in the face that she finally decided she needed a major change and started to plan out her best life possible. And we hear that thrown around a lot, your best life, but what does that really mean? Well, with nothing to lose and everything to gain, Nicole went on a journey that led her to discover a fail-proof formula to a lasting transformation. So as Nicole says, Most people stay in like this dream state, and I have definitely been guilty of that myself. I don't know about you, but her mission is to really help you transform your dream into a reality. So in this episode, we talk about why money is not your biggest problem, why bigger doesn't always mean better, how to pivot when the shit hits the fan in life, and how to sustain staying on track with your goals in life. Let's jump into the interview. You have quite a story that I really want to dig into. You know, meeting you today, I I don't think I would ever believe that at one point, as you say, your life was completely falling apart. And I really want to get to that story. But first, I'm thinking about what would you say to somebody right now? Because we're living in a very chaotic world who just feels like they're in your shoes. Life is falling apart, whether it's financially, relationship, career. What would you want them to know? So I would say you just got to dig deep and you got to focus on the bigger picture and what are your ultimate goals when you feel like you're drowning, you have to see or you feel like you can't make it to the finish line, you have to keep visualizing that finish line and you have to keep persevering and have find the energy deep within you to keep going <laughs> in the direction. And I know it's like the hardest thing, but you're going to look back one day and you're gonna be like, I don't even know how I made it through, but somehow I did. I just kept running. And I always tell people that all the time as I was going through stuff, I'm like, I just kept running. I don't know. I'd pick myself up, you know, and I just start running. Don't get me wrong. I would cry and have breakdowns in between, but I just kept going. And and I think that's why I got to where I am today because I didn't stop and I didn't stop believing that I would get, I'd get through whatever stuff was going on in my life. 
Yeah, there's definitely, uh, I've definitely shared in some of those crying moments. <laughs> I think, I think at some point we all just need to like have that uh, sit in the corner, ball your eyes out moment. And then it's like, okay, well, where do I, where do I go from here? And you talked about goals, which is something that I always talk about. Uh, if I'm talking about money or life in general, is that we have to have something that, that we're going towards. How, how do you, how do goals play in really you being able to like pick yourself back up at times? You know, that's a great question. And I think if you have nothing to work for or work towards, how are you going to pick yourself up? What's the point? And you might as well stay in the position you're in and wallow in your tears and, you know, feel sorry for yourself. But if you, if you have a goal and if that goal is I want to get out of debt, that goal is I know I'm going to get my, I'm going to get a job at this and be doing this with my career at some point, or I'm going to have a family or I'm going to buy a house or whatever it is. If it keeps you going and to kind of look forward and say, I'm going to hit that goal. It may not be on the timeline that I wanted and when I wanted, but I'm getting it and I will get it. And I think giving that gives you a direction in which to run. Again, if you have no goals, how, what's the point of getting up and continuing to run when life knocks you down? You might as well just sit there. So I'm big on you got to write out some goals. What is it that you want? How do you envision your life? And goals don't have to be, I think sometimes we talk about goals in such a materialistic way. They don't have to be material things. Like I want to be financially independent. Okay, well, what does that mean? Or I want to be debt free. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you want, you know, a Maserati or Bugatti in the driveway. I mean, those are nice. And you, who wants, who doesn't want fancy cars, <laughs> but you know, a goal can be, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to have debt. I want to get out of my student loan debt. I want to get out of credit card debt, whatever it is. Um, you can do it and you need something to work towards or like, again, what's the point? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I tell people all the time who hate uh, budgeting or tracking your money, I'm like, you're not doing it just to do it as a chore. Like you're doing it because there's stuff that you want to do in life and, and stuff you want to spend money on. And if you can root into the why you're doing it, it makes the how a little bit oh, more manageable. So much easier. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know you have, you, your story is, it really touched me reading about your story. And I think it's really important to share because we share so often about successes and certainly on podcast episodes or blogs mm -hmm. or whatever, you you tune in and you, you hear kind of the highlights of someone's life. But I think it's also important to talk about the tough stuff because it's, I think, what really connects us all and realizes, helps us realize we're not so alone. And you, you have quite a story. You took out student loans to support your family, a uh, dysfunctional marriage, which is something I can relate to <laughs> in my previous marriage. Uh, and you were pregnant, discovered you had this life-threatening tumor. And all of these things, any one of these things could break one of us. But, you know, putting those all together is is quite a lot to handle. Tell me a little bit about, about the story and this journey and what you really took away from it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, my freshman year of college, my dad lost his job and I have two siblings with special needs and I didn't really want to put a lot of pressure on my parents. And I've always been like, hey, I can kind of handle myself. Um, my parents 
Uh, I didn't want them to worry about my college tuition. So I took out these wonderful private student loans without their knowledge. <laughs> I didn't even need a co-signer back in the day um, and had no idea what I got myself into. Really didn't know till after I graduated college. And I'll never forget, six months after graduating college, I get this wonderful um, first student loan payment bill. And it's like, you know, it's the size of someone's mortgage or rent, you know, it's a, it was $1,600 was the payment. Oh my God. Um, so much. And, um, during, in that same time period, I had just found out that I had this tumor on my liver. Um, so I was like going through so many medical things. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was having a gazillion tests and starting my first job. This is not at all how I envisioned my life. I mean, let me just put it out there. It's not at all how I envisioned my life. Um, in the process, I was engaged and getting married. Um, all of that stuff happened. And then a year into my marriage, I found out I was pregnant. And my marriage like was in shambles and not a very healthy relationship. And here I am bringing this baby into the world. I have this tumor on my liver. I'm drowning in debt. Um, the economy is collapsing around us. Uh, we were, the economy is collapsing around us. It was 2008, 2009. And I didn't know if I was going to be, um, honestly, I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills, how I was going to put diapers on my kid. My ex-husband lost his job during that time period. And to get sucker punched in like a million different directions over such a short period of time is insane. Um, but I found, kept finding the strength somehow, some way to keep, to keep moving forward. And my ultimate goal was I loved helping people. I'm in the financial world. I'm, an, I'm a financial planner. Um, when everything was crashing, I'm like, this business isn't for me. They don't really help people. Um, and somehow I kept finding the strength to move forward. Um, I had put my loans into forbearance. The debt was just accumulating. My marriage was totally coming to an end. And I had to hurry up and come up with a plan um, and strength. I mean, my gosh, the mental strength to yeah. continue to move forward was huge. Um, I think most people at that point would have probably given up. Um, however, I, you know, forced my way forward. I somehow found the energy deep within inside of me to keep going. I had a vision of what my life was going to be and I was, it was going to happen. Um, I think we all grow up uh, with this vision of like, here's how life's going to be. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to get married. You know, we all do it. Um, and I mean, the, probably the most difficult part too, was watching my peers around me, um, getting married, buying houses. And here I am getting divorced, moving in with my parents, with a baby, um, about to have half my liver removed. I mean, a million and one things. And I am nowhere near where my friends are. I'm feeling like terrible. And we all play this comparison game. And I think social media is sometimes the worst because you see literally a snippet of someone's life and you only see 99% of the time the happy moments. And you have no idea what's really going on behind the scenes. Um, 
But I really dug deep. I utilized my resources around me, my mentor um, in, in my business, and I just was not willing to give up. I was not willing to give up. Um, I was not willing to like ask for help, so to say. Um, I didn't have any major handouts to say, oh, here, just pay off $160,000 of student loans, pay off <laughs> the credit card debt you and your husband had because you didn't have a job. I didn't have, I didn't have that, um, but I was willing to work 90 hours a week if I had to, um, which I did, um, and do whatever I could to make sure that I can give my son the best life and that I could live the life that I had once envisioned. However, that life I once envisioned has totally shaped and changed over the years um, into something way more meaningful than what I envisioned back when I was, you know, in my teens, in my 20s, like what I thought it was going to look like. It's totally shaped into something way different, um, but way better. And I think I'm living, I'm, I'm truly living my best life. And it's no, it's not because I, it's not, because I live in a 10,000 square foot house because I don't, um, or that I have, you know, a hundred thousand dollar car on the driveway. Um, I have a house. It's not the one I once envisioned, but I bought it all on my own after paid off my debt. Um, I have a really nice life. I'm just, I'm so much more appreciative of the ride up, um, and of every dollar I make today and every dollar I'm able to save today. Um, and I think, you know, for whatever reason I was meant to be on this journey. I also have an understanding when I meet with clients um, and they're going through a health issue or they're going through financial issues or a job change. I get it. I've been there and nothing is worse when you don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage or pay that student loan and you can't default and you're in a you're in a business where it's not like you can fi- I can't file bankruptcy with all my licensing. I can't do that. I really had to fight my way out of a bad situation and um, be willing to do whatever I had to do to get to where I am today. And I'm not, you know, it's, it's a constant um, gratitude played a big part of it. Every piece of my journey that I had a win, I celebrated the win and I became grateful for. And I think that's part of it. Like life is sometimes not what we envision. It doesn't roll out the way we envision, but you're on that journey for a reason And if you can appreciate the path that you're taking and why you're taking it, my gosh, life is just going to be so much better and you're just going to be happier. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. 
Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work, and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. 
You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. It's Tuesday, so we have another Ask Shauna from Brandon. Brandon says, hi, Shauna. Love your podcast. For budgeting, what percentage do you recommend to go towards housing? And what percentage do you recommend to go towards investing? Thank you so much. Well, Brandon, I like it. You're my type of guy. You're just direct to the point, (laughs) which I love. Thank you so much for being a podcast listener. And this is a really great question because uh, there's lots of ways to think about this one. And unfortunately, there isn't an exact number because it really does uh, change depending on your own situation. But there are a couple of ways to think about this. There are a couple of those standard rules, if you were, or guidelines. You may have heard of the 50-20-30 budget split. This is something, if you read articles, listen to other podcast episodes, you probably have heard about this, but it's just a guideline to help you figure out where your budget might be out of sorts and how you can kind of shape all of your expenses to fit in this. So the 50 stands for 50% of your take-home pay should go to your fixed expenses. And that is everything from housing to credit card minimum payments to your car payment, student loan payment, anything that you absolutely have to, absolutely have to pay in a month, 50% of your take-home pay. Then the next 20% of your take-home pay should be for savings, and that is everything from your emergency fund to investment savings, includes matching funds if you have a 401k with a company, and, and that's your travel savings, whatever, Christmas savings, whatever, should be lumped into that 20%. And then the last 30% of your take-home pay should be for all of those variable expenses, eating out, shopping, going to concerts, all of the things that you love to do but aren't necessarily necessities. And what you often find is that, or what I find, is that most people are heavy, maybe 50, 60, maybe even 70% on the fixed, and then the rest is over on variable expenses. Or you might see it the other way, where variable expenses is really high, But what we tend to leave out is that 20% of savings. And so this isn't, again, for you to have your budget in these exact proportions. So if you can only save 2% each month for savings or 5% or 1%, whatever it is, it's better than nothing. But this just gives you a little rule of thumb. And then there's another old standard rule that you should spend more, no more, I should say, than 30% of your gross income on housing. The rule is a bit outdated, but could serve as a guideline for you. Here are some ways that I just think it doesn't quite make sense. Let's say you are a high income earner, maybe you make $250,000 a year. 
if you follow this rule, it would advise you spending around $6,200 on rent or home ownership costs. That's 30%, but that might be way too high of a number considering other expenses that you have. It, it also doesn't take into account your full money picture. Do you have debt? Do you have student loans, alimony, child support? What about retirement savings? So you need to think really realistically about your situation and what makes sense, keeping in mind all of the other financial obligations and goals that you have as well. I like to try and keep housing closer to 20 to 25% and then leave room for investing, savings, and other money goals, traveling. Obviously not right now, but traveling is one of those goals that I always add into my budget. Plus, I like to build in what I call an oh shit percentage, if you will, excuse my French, into the budget each month because shit happens. <laughs> and I like to leave a a definitely some sort of padding in there above and beyond whatever I'm saving for emergency funds because stuff's going to happen just like this quarantine. Nobody saw this really coming. Not to say that we're going to go through something like this again. I don't know. If you if you know, if you have a crystal ball, please let me know. But stuff's going to happen. And so leaving a little extra padding in there, and I tend to just take that from, from the housing budget, budget and try to keep my housing budget as low as humanly possible. Of course, still I've got to live in a place and I want to live in a place that I enjoy, but get where I'm going with that. And then investing is just the same way. I, I like to stay around 10 to 15%, but sometimes that number isn't feasible given other goals. So that's where you could use that 20% marker, if you will, and just lump in all of your savings in there as just a guideline to, to check and see where you are with your savings. So hopefully, Brandon, that give you a little bit of, of guidance Again, just make sure that whatever number you choose, you're balancing it out with your other financial obligations so you aren't just literally heavy on the housing expenses and that you do have room in your budget for your other goals and the other stuff that I know you want to do. Yeah, I, wow, I love so much in there. Uh, I want to pull some things out. You talk about this idea of living your best life and how that the idea of what your best life is changes over time, which I think is fantastic that if we can all, all allow it to, to change and morph, like it can be really exciting. But w what does it mean when we say to live our best life? Because we see that sort of sprinkled all over the place. But I'm curious... Like, what does that actually mean? Or how do we figure that out for ourselves? That's great. So I, I got to tell you, meeting with thousands of clients, I noticed that most people don't li learn to live their best life until they're in their 50s or 60s or until a major life event has happened. And I'm beyond thankful that mine happened so early on in my life in my early 20s um, because I'm enjoying life so much more <laughs> and I'm not waiting for a major life event to happen to kind of wake me up. But I think it's um, doing what you want to do every day and being fulfilled. So everyone says like, you know, live your day like it's your last. Okay, well, what the heck does that mean? I mean, it's kind of the dumbest thing ever because like, okay, well, today I'm going to work. So what am I supposed to do? Throw a party every day, I go to work. And like, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and I look at it and say, you know, if two things I look at. One is I did an exercise, probably my late 20s. Um, 
and it's it's been the most profound exercise I've ever done. And it was writing my own eulogy. And Ooh. it's a crazy exercise because I think it puts in perspective like your own mortality. But how do you want to be remembered? And instead of living your every day like it's your last day and like that advice, I like live every day the way you want to be remembered. And so every day when I wake up and come to work, I actually love my job. We were just talking as a team the other day, like if we won the lotto and it's like, well, I would still work. I don't know. I love what I do and I'd still work. I mean, I may have more time for some philanthropic things that I enjoy, but I'd still work because I truly enjoy doing what I do. Um, And when I say live your live your life every day the way you want to be remembered. Every interaction with someone, everything that comes in your way that just, you know, it's a bad day and life sucks sometimes. And so when you can say like, well, is this going to matter in five years or not going to matter? Like you, you approach situations so much differently when you think about living your life on how you want to be remembered. You know, is it worth getting super upset when someone cuts you off on the highway? No. (laughs) Like, you know, we think of all these like little things in our life that like throw us for a loop or totally stress us out. And when you start to like reframe, it changes your world. And so when I'm living every day the way I want to be remembered, I'm living my best life. Like if I don't wake up tomorrow and people are standing around talking about me. I want them talking about me and having these great memories of me all the time. I want my son to think that as well. So living my best life, we all value different things. And you know what? I know a lot of people who have a lot of amazing, I'll call them things, literally material things. They take amazing vacations. They have a large home, big house uh, or big house, uh, nice cars and all that good stuff. And they're miserable. They hate where they work. They um, also, most of them don't have a lot of money saved. They are typically paycheck to paycheck and just not financially savvy. And for me, like, I don't want that stress. So I value, um, I love to travel. So I value traveling. So I really like living my best life, planning my two to three trips a year, doing fun things. I'd rather live in a small house, have a nice car instead of like an amazing car. And I just take my two to three trips a year on and just do fun adventures, you know, with my son um, and some with him and some without him. But I think living your best life is doing the things that you value um, on a day to day basis. And then also um, living your life every day um, the way you want to be remembered instead of as it's your last day, the way you want to be remembered. Just reframing that a little bit. Mm, I like that a lot. All right. So I'm a fellow traveling fiend friend. <laughs> where, where, where's the where's the favorite place you've ever been? Oh, gosh. I um, So I got really excited to join a group of amazing entrepreneurs, um, 27 entrepreneurs from across the world in an island in uh, Indonesia, um, which was pretty amazing. So that's one of my top favorites. Um, my son and I did an Alaska trip two years ago, and we just had a blast. Um, I have so many favorites. I love so many things about Europe. And then uh, more importantly, like the last couple of years, it's like been more exploring the United States. So I uh, love going anywhere and everywhere. Um, I, it's so funny because I don't necessarily have a 
favorite, favorite. Um, I just love exploring new places. And, and it also makes me appreciate, especially when I leave the country, like how amazing of a life and how grateful I am for, you know, being born in the United States and everything that we have here. Yeah, I I love the adventure of it too. Like my favorite thing when I get someplace new is just exploring. I just love that. It makes me so happy. So it's so cool to hear you I say that, that as well. And I think it, it sort of translates over into life, like having an adventure in life and, and enjoying the journey. One of the yes. things I did want to talk to you about, like you say that Money is not our problem, but you know we often tend to think that money is our biggest problem, and that money is actually the thing stopping us from doing all the things we want to in life. What do we have wrong with our relationship with money? Like, what do we need to maybe autocorrect about that? So funny you say that because money isn't the problem. I think sometimes when people get real with themselves and stop comparing. Um, We live in this comparison game. So a lot of times I find people living a life that they're like, well, we bought this house because I thought you wanted to buy the house. Well, no, I thought you wanted to buy the house. Like you were so in love with it and the kids all needed their own rooms and this. And then you find out that like, okay, well, I would have lived in a smaller house if we could vacation every year and make sure or that you wouldn't be so stressed out or whatever. I think it's really understanding like what really fills your tank. Not what the Instagram picture you want to post or what you think you should be doing at what age you should think you should be doing it at, but like what excites you? Is it traveling? Um, Is it, is your thing eating out and being social in your local city? Is it, what is it that really fills your tank? And I think when people get real with themselves and understand what they value, they start to build a life much different than what I think they thought they were supposed to have or what their peers have because they're scrolling through Instagram and they see, oh my gosh, everyone bought a house in the Burbs. I need to buy, you know, the 3,500 square foot house in the Burbs. Um, And I tell people to this all the time, like when you start to identify what's important to you, you start to look at trade-offs. Okay, well, I would rather travel. So I, and it might like, from a 10-year-old's voice, um, not too long ago, my son goes, mom, when are we going to have a bigger house? Like, I just, we have like the smallest house out of all my friends. I go, well, it's just you and I that live in the house. And second, like <laughs> you go, you've been to all over Europe. You've been to Alaska. You go, we've been all over the States. I go, so we can absolutely have a bigger house, but then we can't travel. And he goes, oh, I think I like our house the way it is. (laughs) So, you know, that's a 10 year old, but you have to do that with yourself too. Like, okay, what is the trade-off? And I think people aren't, people want it all, but aren't willing to give the trade-off, but there are naturally there are trade-offs. So that pretty picture that you see of someone at the holidays posting on Instagram with this big, beautiful foyer or house or whatever it is, and you're upset that you don't have that. They're also jealous when you're posting the picture of you traveling and gallivanting with your family somewhere or by yourself or your solo adventures, whatever it is. 
that's the trade-off. So being comfortable where you are and then knowing that like, okay, I'm here and this is what I want and I'm willing to trade off this for that. And I think then money is less of your problem because you'll have enough money. You just have to be willing to understand which trade-offs you're going to choose. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of, of trade-offs because you're right. It You can't really have it all, mm-hmm. but you can have, a, a, you know, as close to a version of having it all as you want, you might have to give up a few things and that's okay. Yes. And I think if you can change your mindset around thinking that I'm giving up something, but I'm maybe letting go of something so I can step into something else or something better, exactly. I think is a really cool way to talk about it. Well, I know you've written this this amazing book, Navigating Life's Transitions. Obviously, you've had quite a few transitions. <laughs> At what point did you say like, yeah, I, I, I got to write this book. I got to share this, this with everyone. You know, the more I met with clients and the more I opened up and became vulnerable about like, you know, if it's a client going through a health issue, you know, until you're sitting in a doctor's office and they're saying, hey, I want you to prepare for the worst. Um, you just don't know what it's like to go through that. And or you are feeling like you're drowning in debt or you are celebrating big wins, too. I think it was just really important. My business partner and I, it was something, a passion project for me because I said, I think we can help more people by sharing our story. And um, I decided in 2014, 15, we started writing it um, to share our story and intertwine our stories with a bunch of like short stories of other clients that have gone through Mm -hmm. some form of transition. Um, because people always feel like they're alone and in today more than ever, just because it's so easy at your fingertips, you're scrolling through social media and you see all these like, Oh, life is perfect for everyone. It's to the contrary. It's not. So I just think understanding like sometimes the people that we look up to, you have no idea actually how they got to where they were. I think people meet me today. They would have no idea that like, Oh my God, at one point in my life, like I, didn't know how I was going to put diapers on my kid. And here I am helping people with their finances. And yet I can barely pay my bills um, because I just was had a bad line of luck and was, you know, digging myself out of it. Um, so you just don't know. Um, I would say like, don't judge a book by its cover. Really don't judge a book by its cover. Um, but this just gave us an opportunity to tell. Um, I intertwined my story, my business partner story. And it's like, um, a couple short stories for clients. So it's kind of a neat, um, neat project to do. And you, you bring up like a really good point. I'm curious at what point do you like the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives or our money or a situation? At what point do those stories start to really hinder us or like get in the way of our really achieving things? I mean, here, your mental strength is everything. You could be given, again, I think, the story you tell yourself. So through going through all this stuff, I didn't tell people what I was going through. I was just, like, fighting to keep my head above water um, when I was going through. I mean, some people knew about my liver and stuff and, and knew about divorce, but I don't think everyone really knew the entirety of my story. And as I continue to meet with clients through that and I continue to see other people, I just kept telling myself, like, 
I'm worth it. And I'm just as good as these people. And I can get to the other side of this problem. I just know I can. And I think mental strength is half the battle. If you can absolutely get yourself mentally strong and tell yourself you deserve it, you want it, and you're willing then to put the work behind it. I have so many people that say, I deserve it, I want it, but yet aren't willing to put in 80, 90 hours a week. Like you got to do what you have to do. I just helped a friend start a business and he um, he's like, gosh, I didn't realize it was be that much work. And I'm like, yes, you can't get to the top unless you're willing to start at the bottom to climb that mountain. And no one ever said the mountain was going to be easy, but you just keep going. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I really, really relate to that. And I think that's that's so powerful. It's sometimes hard when you're in the fog to see what steps to yes, take. Totally. So I always tell people like just one one little tiny toe step in front of the other just creates some sort of progress, especially if we're talking about money, but but really anything. So w- what is it like if I came to you with something that was bothering me or something I wanted to solve? Like, what is it like working one-on-one with someone like yourself? Like, how do you really help kind of guide me to, to a better place? Yeah, that's a great question. So by trade, I'm a financial advisor and I have a great successful practice, which is awesome. Um, And I think we think the financial services model is broken because people want to sell you products. And you know what? You can get products anywhere. And um, I'm all about guidance and advice. And when people are coming to us, they're looking for guidance and advice. And I think the thing that surprises them most is that I'm completely empathetic. I understand. I will never say, you know, there are things I certainly haven't gone through that clients have gone through, but I get you're going through a tough time or you're not where you want to be or you're unsure. Like maybe you're, you are where you want to be, but maybe you just want like a double check. Like, am I on the right track or am I prepared if anything were to come my way or there was a storm ahead? Um, I think people can expect to get someone who is going to understand their journey and where their destination, where they're looking to go. And they're going to get someone that's going to handhold and say, okay, here's how you get there and educate. This whole process about getting your life together financially is all about education. You know what? If we can educate people people then can make decisions with confidence. And I think telling someone, okay, here's the pros and cons, or you can't see through the fog right now, but let me tell you, here's the two, the split road at the end of the fog that you're going to have a choice to make. And so you can work towards this one, you can work towards that one. Which one do you want to work towards? So I think it's an understanding and kind of to tell, show people um, when they can't kind of see through the fog, um, but they kind of know the direction they want to go. They just can't see them through the fog, how to get going and keep going. Man, I, I, I love that. I love seeing through the fog. I often sometimes say like the best financial people like help be your binoculars mm-hmm. and really like help you see the things you need to see and let go of the things that, that you that you don't need to see. All right. So last question. I mean, gosh, we've talked about so much, but What's something that you want all of us listening to remember of of how we move from this kind of like dreamy state about our money and our life, like into actually really achieving goals? What's something you want us to remember about making that shift? 
execution is everything. You know, sometimes I felt very lost in my process and not knowing like, oh, I have this vision. I don't even think it's possible anymore. But I just kept going. And I think what the difference between you and the person next to you is probably going to be you. They're going to dream it. You're going to actually do it. So I want you to stop dreaming. If you got a big 30,000 foot view of what you want everything to look like, um, start going because that's going to be the difference between you and the person that succeeds is the person that actually puts the car into drive. Start going in the direction. And guess what? There's going to be detours along the way. And that's okay. But if you never put that car on drive, you will never get to your destination. So so get going, execute. And again, having a rough plan, just being very flexible with your plan. Life, I mean, I am the poster child for it. Life does not, does not go the way you expect. And even I'm, I'm 10 years removed, um, well, nine years removed from being divorced and, and going through a lot of everything um, that I went through. And I still have some roadblocks or detours along the way. It's like, oh, well, I thought I was going to go this direction, but I'm going that direction. But I keep moving because I know the life I envisioned is is there. And I still have to persevere through some road bumps that are along the way. Um, but you got to put the car in drive. You cannot get to your destination without putting that car in drive. All right. So we have our marching orders. <laughs> car, <laughs> yes. car and drive will do. Well, <laughs> tell everyone where they can go to find you, connect with you, uh, grab a copy of your book, Navigating Life's Transitions. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find Navigating Life Transition on Amazon or any book retailer. Um, we also, if you want to check out, um, have a great online course helping you live your best life, you can go to findyourbestlifenow.com. Um, and there's some great uh, information on there. There is also a code um, for 50% off the course. It's podcast is the code, um, but it's findyourbestlifenow.com uh, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram, live your best life underscore Nicole on Instagram. Love to hear from all of you. I think this question was so powerful in this interview. How do you want to be remembered? I think about that a lot and probably not as much as I should, but I think it's really powerful. Nicole's advice of living every day, how you want to be remembered just really spoke to me. What, what do you think about it? Look, if you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, let them in on this story on Nicole's wisdom so that they can start living their best life and think about this question too, how they want to be remembered. As always, you can head to our show notes to find all the links to our episode guest and show sponsors. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button for the podcast to make sure you get all our new episodes. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.